When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, even as a fan, have been asking for more aliens, more Jedi, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. more tangible worlds, more built. Yeah, um, less green screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah less yeah, green yeah. screening, all this kind of stuff. And I think our show was, I mean, just knowing Leslie, too, being a playwright, yeah. being based around structure, she wanted to build all of that into one production and give it to the fans as a thank you. Yeah. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us here for another otherworldly adventure on the Day of a Dispatch podcast. Not that you can see it, but we are dressed to the nines here this week to discuss our favorite Star Wars outfits ever. What are those costumes, uniforms, or ensembles that truly stand out in the Star Wars galaxy? We each have our top picks that we shall discuss and debate But that is not all. We have been going acolyte crazy here on the podcast, and we're going to keep the insanity flowing because we have three stars of the acolyte with us this week. Manny Jacinto, Daphne Keene, and Charlie Barnett hung out with us before the SAG After Strike went down, and we have that interview ready to roll for you this week. Plus, we're going to get a report from Comic-Con and what was going down at that actorless event. All that and a six-pack of Fresca coming up and coming your way right here, right now, on the Dagobah Dispatch. I am Dalton Ross, joined, as always, by my co-pilot, Devin Kogan. What's going on, Devin? Hello, hello. I have just um, taken a speeder back in from from San Diego. Uh, the, the the sandy beaches of, of you know, Scarif, a.k.a. San Diego. <laughs> yeah, I, we talked about this last week, that you were going to go, and I was really curious what you know, how crowded it would be. I was really curious to, as to the vibe of the attendees and all these people like we talked about that made these plans like a year ago and bought tickets and hotel rooms and started working on their costumes and then their favorite stars weren't going to be there. What was it like down in San Diego Comic-Con? It was a really weird year, Dalton. It was really weird. I've been to, this is probably my fifth or sixth San Diego Comic-Con at this point. Um, and it was certainly the weirdest one I've been to. Um, due to the sag after strike, um, and the ongoing WGA strike, um, there were no actors. There were no, there were very few, there were minimal writers. There were a handful of directors, but, but it was definitely very weird because, you know, you and I have been covering Comic-Con for a while now and, and certainly, in the last 10 years or so, it has been really interesting to see how it's shifted from being a convention about comics to being a convention about kind of all things geeky pop culture. Um, you know, all of the major conventions usually have some kind of big presence at them, but San Diego is the one where all of the studios and all of the networks bring out their big celebrities and you talk about the movies and the TV shows and everything that's coming out. That was not the case this year. Um, this was a year that was really all about the comics. It was all about video games. Uh, there was a little bit of talk about TV and movies. There were still some some big panels that that we went to and we covered for Entertainment Weekly, um, but there were no actors there and there were no big celebrities. Um, so it was really really interesting. But the actual con itself was kind of business as usual. The crowds were there. The cosplayers were there. I saw some amazing cosplay. Um, the, the actual convention floor was incredibly crowded. Um, but you just didn't get the usual kind of star studded celebrity events. One of the few celebrities who was there was Jamie Lee Curtis and she was only there because she wrote a comic book. So, um, it, it was a very weird and interesting year, but I will say I did see some very good Star Wars cosplay. And mm. immediately I texted a little bit to you and, and our former co-host, Lauren Morgan, because um, I saw there were some some good Star Wars fans out and about at, at Comic-Con this year. What was your favorite Star Wars cosplay you saw? 
Well, I saw a lot of Ahsokas. Yes. Um, I saw a lot of Mandalorians. There was a great group that was like a Mandalorian Marvel mashup. So it was like Iron Man as a Mandalorian or like Scarlet Witch as a Mandalorian. It was like the cool Scarlet Witch headdress on a Mandalorian helmet. But I think my favorite, and I sent the video to you guys, was I was just walking the convention floor. I was coming back from a panel to go write something up. And I'm going down the escalator and going up the escalator were um, an Obi-Wan and an Anakin cosplayer doing the whole um, high ground monologue to in front of the entire convention and everybody's cheering and laughing and yelling you were my brother it, it, it was incredible it was it, I was just like god I love Star Wars fans it, it really made my day I saw that video you sent and like what happened is so so Obi-Wan gets on the escalator then Anakin waits about 30 steps on the escalator then he gets on I was like how do they keep everyone from getting on the escalator between them this is Comic-Con this is a really busy Escort, this is a high traffic area. And like poor Anakin, I guess, I'd be like, oh, could you just wait a second? Hold on. No, we're going to do a thing. <laughs> I'm just doing just something. hold on. I know. I'm hold on a second. Uh, just people getting super annoyed because they're like, want to go get to a panel or something. But you know what? Worth it. It was great. I loved it. And I, I love the fact that you saw the Marvel sort of Mandalorian mashup. I'm shocked you weren't part of that group. Um, you <laughs> my know, two interests. <laughs> I know. Well, like, well, Devin, it's like it, there's. I have my version of that where, you know, I'm uh, I'm into uh, – t- I'm from Washington, D.C., and I love my football team. Uh, you may have heard some news. Our terrible, hu- despicable human being of an yes. owner sold the team. Thank God. So I'm not embarrassed to be a fan of the team anymore. <laughs> but last year, they, they changed their name to the Commanders, which is a terrible name for a football team. It's too many syllables. There's yeah. no, like, there's no abbreviation. What are you going to call them? The commies? Mm. Um, I mean, so – uh, but there's this guy, there's this fan who shows up at the games dressed in their burgundy and gold colors with a Mandalorian helmet on, also dressed in those colors. And he calls himself the Commandalorian, which Wait, I just think perfect. is amazing. Yeah. So the, the team name's worth it just for the Commandalorian alone. Oh, oh I support this. Yeah. No, I always get mad when they announce like a new sports team or they're renaming one and they just go with like the most boring or basic thing. I'm like, you could name it anything like one of my favorite teams of all time is like the seattle kraken i'm like that's a great team name that's a great mascot it is such a good name i've I've told people if I weren't already from DC and a fan of the washington capitals i would be i would have become a kraken fan right just for that name or like i'm a big fan of the savannah bananas which are a minor league baseball team i know i love the savannah bananas it's just like oh there's too many like wildcats and and like champions or whatever and i'm like nah you got to come up with something good now the, do you know who the Savannah Bananas rival are? No, I'm not making this up. They, you know, Savannah, Georgia, and uh, they play the Macon Bacon from Stop. Macon, Georgia. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> and I have a friend from Macon who says there used to be a Macon team called the Macon Whoopie. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Welcome back to the Minor League Baseball Team Name Podcast. I mean, uh, look. this week. <laughs> Do I care about sports? No. Do I love baseball? And do I love weird, obscure uh, mascot names? Yes. So. Uh, so good. Well, anyway, listen, uh, I'm glad you had a good time, uh, question mark, even though it was I a weird time. I mean, Comic-Con is always fun just because I love getting to be surrounded by my people and all these weird nerds on the street. And it's always just so fun to, you know, like I, I'm one of those people when I go to cons, I love stopping people on the street and being like, your cosplay looks amazing. Or, oh my God, I love your shirt. And you just get to talk to interesting people. And even if it's just like, hey, you look awesome. Um, I'm, I'm somebody who loves to hand out compliments. So I always have a lot of fun at, um, you know, at, at cons and getting to talk to people. Um, it's it's always a joy. It's great. Uh, all right, before we get into our topic du jour and our interview with some stars from the Acolyte, so <laughs> we started some new feature a few weeks ago, right, where we put a, a, a poll up on Spotify for our podcast. And if you're going to listen to the podcast on Spotify, you could vote in a poll, right? And we, it was like the topic for that week's podcast was like, we we're looking at Devin's droid ranking and how bad it was. And then we uh, we said, oh, you, you can vote. Who's the best Star Wars droid? And we put a poll up on Spotify. Okay. So that's called Backstory. Uh, and so last week then, we're like, oh, we got to do a poll. And and we didn't know what the poll was going to be, Devin. And you know what? I, I, I'm assuming people remember this, but maybe Sammy just edited this all out of the podcast. I have no idea what they did. But And so 
I said, okay, yeah. Hey, Sammy, I'll send you a poll for the new spot. This is a new big feature on spot. We're rolling it out. We got to get some consistency here, get people to go listen on Spotify and they can check out this poll. So I was going to send Sammy the poll, right? And Devin, and then I just plum forgot. I didn't do it. And so a few hours later, I'm like, oh my God, so sorry. Um, uh, why don't you just come up with the poll? Like, just go nuts, go crazy, Sammy, and just have at it and come up with a poll. So I was pretty excited to see what Sammy did, like with all this power and with great power, Devin, I don't have to tell you, comes great responsibility. And so <laughs> the podcast drops last week, Thursday, it goes up like overnight, Wednesday to Thursday. So you go to bed and then you wake up and the podcast is there. It's so exciting. And I'm like, oh my God. Let me go to Spotify to see what poll Sammy put up. Um, there was no poll. There was <gasps> nothing there. And I'm on mobile. I'm like, well, maybe you can't see it on mobile. I don't know. Maybe I'll go to the desktop. So I go to the desktop. No poll. Now, I can't really blame Sammy because I never sent Sammy the poll to begin with. But I do want to know what happened uh, and why there was no poll, Sammy. I think... You're mistaken, or maybe you looked earlier than I got on my computer because there is a poll up. <gasps> I can't see it. Uh, Where is it? Spotify. On Spotify. App. Go on to your Spotify apps. Go to the latest episode of Dagobah Dispatch. Wait, 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 wait. How do you just pronounce it? Dagobah D- Dispatch. <laughs> the, da- <laughs> the Dagobah Dispatch. <laughs> Why are you saying it that way? I don't know. I've had a bowl of cap and crunch and I'm going, I'm on the sugar high. Ah, well played. <laughs> All right. That, Dal- Dalton's just an old man. It doesn't know how to work technology. I know. How do you work technology? Fair. All right. I am, I am at our podcast and I am on the last episode. Uh, no, I'm not. I lied to you. Okay. I'm on the last episode. I don't see a poll here. Oh, I do see a poll. <laughs> Did you see a poll? <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is the poll. This is great. All right. So everyone can vote on Spotify for this. This is for last week's podcast. Uh, which Star Wars character would you like to run a mile dressed up as? That's and, a great question. Yeah. And I said to Sammy, you can come up with the with the the choices. Just and here's what Sammy came up with. Sebulba. <laughs> Wait, does that mean they have to like run on their hands? Like mm-hmm. that, they do? <laughs> Legs in the air? Yep. Mm-hmm. Incredible. All right. That's option one. A Jawa. Incredible. Admiral Akbar. <laughs> and Ninum. Incredible. Wow. That's a hard one. Those, are, those are great choices. Sammy, I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much. I feel so upset that Dalton didn't see this right away. I just voted. <laughs> you guys want to guess who I voted? <laughs> Oh, I, I don't know. I, I know Admiral who I would Akbar. vote for. That's you, who I'd vote for. Neen Num. Nice. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Great laugh. It's pretty close. Incredible. It's pretty close. That's all I'm going to say. The polling's it pretty is, close. So it is pretty close. Yeah, the Not, poll, I think, will be done by the time this episode comes out. But no. I did well. slack I did slack you the results before our two last poll answerers came in. So um we have those percentages if you want to rattle them off. All right. Well, right now, after I voted and I guess Devin voted, uh Sebulba wins at 33%. How is that <laughs> possible? Uh, and then Jawa, Akbar, and Ninam all, all tied at 22%. So uh spread out both there. All right, we're, we'll have a new nice. poll. Uh, we'll do uh, best outfits. We'll give people some out- outfit options, maybe from the lists that Devin and I are about to unfurl. This is called a transition. That's how they do it in the business, they tell me. Nicely uh, done. And, uh, and then you guys can vote on what you think the best Star Wars outfit of all time is. All right, let's get into it. Uh, we'll have our interview coming up in a little bit with the Acolyte Stars. But uh, Devin, this was your idea. I love this idea. Tell me, uh, want you outline what we're going to do here. Yeah, so we were talking about things that we want to talk about, and um, we realized that we haven't talked about um, one of my favorite elements of the Star Wars galaxy, which is the looks. We love a fashion moment in a galaxy far, far away. And, you know, I, to me, so much of what, like, reads Star Wars on screen comes down to fashion, comes down to costuming. And the costuming throughout the Star Wars galaxy is extraordinary. So we both went away and came up with our three choices for our personal favorite 
uh, costumes in the Star Wars galaxy. Um, and we're going to see if there's any overlap, if we agree, if we disagree. We love, we love to argue and Dalton loves to tell me how wrong I am. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how, how this goes. Uh, this is exciting. We, I don't know Devin's list. Devin does not know no. my list. There could be overlap. Uh, I will say off the top, I, I cheated and have four. <laughs> So I, just, <laughs> I guess it's a tie. I guess my number three will be a tie. That's like, so the way I'm going to get around, around that rule. Uh, but I just couldn't decide. Um, but yeah, that's fair. Very, I have very... my top three, but I also have like four backup choices. Okay. All right. What, why don't I start that way? Devin can have the final number one here before I get into my, my choice here. My first choice for best outfits. I just want to lay down some rules I put for myself. Okay. These are just for okay. myself, not for Devin, just for myself. Um, I decided no bounty hunters. All right. And I decided that cause I just want to challenge myself. Cause if I'd done bounty hunters, the whole list was going to be bounty hunters. Let's be honest. Boba Fett. That's why, that's why you would Boba, be Fett, Boba Fett, Cad Bane. Yes. You would just be bounty, yeah, bounty Boba hunters Fett and Cad Bane. Exactly. Like they're super cool looking. Right. And, and they got gadgets and they just like, they have that old sort of like, you know, Clint Eastwood Western vibe and like, but they just look super cool. So I said, no bounty hunters. Zam Wessel, uh, more yes. of like an assassin, less yeah. of a bounty hunter, but like still incredible. Yeah. Love Zam Wessel. So that was the first um, rule I uh, imposed upon myself. The second rule I imposed upon myself is that I didn't want to do anything super porny. Okay. <laughs> so like, I just didn't want to be called out as a creep. So there's going to be no Leia slave outfit. There's no uh, yeah. like Padme and her weird S and M looking gear on, you know, Naboo. There's nothing worn by Darth, Ta Darth Talon in the comics. That's not <laughs> happening here. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to set myself to be a creepazoid. So no bounty hunters and nothing super porny. Okay. How do you feel good about guidelines. those guidelines? Yeah, think I think in, just generally in life, maybe those are good guidelines. Uh, all right, so let's let's do my tie uh, for my my first spot. Um, so uh, the first part of my tie is basically Emperor's Guard. Emperor's Guard seen in Return of the Jedi uh, in the Emperor's sort of throne room. There, it's basically like a red slanket. As far as I can tell, <laughs> with, a, with a giant, very uncomfortable looking helmet with questionable peripheral vision. Like, I'm not sure how much they have. But listen, I just, I think it works. I think you can accessorize with the giant staff that they carry, uh, which is cool. And it's just a big red blanket. And I just always thought they were, they were super cool looking. And I loved having the action figures when I was a kid as well. So Emperor's Guard, first part of my first part of this first entry. How do you feel about that so far? I support this. I love the Emperor's Guard. I had the like Lego set. Um, so we had like little Lego Emperor's Guards, um, and they were fantastic. They were just like bright red and they're like they're they're just so in intimidating and imposing and just like an incredible piece of costume design from the original trilogy. Because so much of the original trilogy, when we think of, you know, particularly villains, you got Vader, you got the stormtroopers, and you got the, um, you know, all of the just sort of generic Imperial officers in their gray uniform. And like the, the Emperor's guards show up and you're like, what is that? That is incredible and weird and different. And I love it. And it just like radiates menace. And I wholly support this pick. Yeah. And it's sort of morphed into the Praetorian guard, but I, I went original. I went OG with yeah. Emperor's guard. I'm glad you like it. So, um, second half of my first entry is, uh, in my cheat mode is, uh, we're sticking with the Imperials. I grouped them together. And this time I went with maybe a little bit of a surprise pick. I'm very curious to see how you feel about this. To what you said earlier, a lot of the Imperial uniforms all sort of feel the same, but I really love the outfit rocked and sported by Orson Krennic. <gasps> I'm so glad you mentioned this. This was on my list too. This oh. was... Oh, I just feel so like good. it's all, It's first off, it's all about the accessories. You have the little black Imperial office cap. You have the so black good. gloves. And like, there's so many uh, black capes in Star Wars when it comes to villains. But this time, Devin, a white cape. 
I love it's it. So good. It's so good when he like is strutting down like through the halls of of you know uh, on Scarif and and it's just like his face off against Darth Vader and I just I love Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn is one of my favorite working actors. I love Orson Krennic. He is one of my favorite parts of Rogue One. I am so glad you mentioned this. The cape is incredible. The way the way Ben Mendelsohn wears it is yes. just like so like. Oh, it's so good. Just he's like it, it billows perfectly. I I just I love a cape. I love a cape moment. We're probably get, I know for a fact we're going to talk a lot about capes as we get into the rest of this list. But I am so glad you mentioned Orson Krennic because oh, I love because it's such a great like upgrade and like slight twist on the classic imperial outfit. But you get the sense that like this is somebody who is you know very military and, and clearly the uniform is very much in line. But it's just like a little elevated. He's just like a little more powerful and a little fancier than everybody else. I love this. I love it so much. And I love that you pointed out, I haven't really thought about that, his posture. His posture yes. works so well and like just makes that uniform and that cape it and and just uh I, I it's such a big part of the look as well. So so all right, I think we're off to a good start. You seem to like you didn't really, you know, haze me for cheating and you uh you liked the two picks uh with the Emperor's Garden Orson and Krennic. So so far, so good. Um, let's see what your first pick is for best outfit in the Star Wars universe. I, I support both of your picks. And um, I think I'm, I'm willing to guess that you're going to like my next pick because we're going to stay with the cape theme. And we are going to go to a, arguably the greatest cape in the Star Wars universe. I mean, some people might disagree and have other picks, but we got to go with my boy, the king of Cloud City himself, Lando Calrissian in yeah. Empire Strikes Back. From the moment Billy D. Williams walks onto the screen, you're just like, that is an outfit. The drip is incredible. Just everything about him is fantastic. Because so much of what we've seen in the Star Wars galaxy up to this point, you've got like kind of your ragtag rebels who are just like kind of like cobbling together whatever they have. You've got like a bunch of crazy, you know, poor people who live on Tatooine and are just living in like brown rags. And then you've got the uh, the Empire. And then you go to Cloud City and you're like, that is a fantastic outfit. The way and it's comes down to also the way Billy D. Williams like moves and uses his cape as a prop is incredible. I mean, Lando has some of the best fits in the Star Wars galaxy throughout all of his appearances. You know, even in um, you know, Rise of Skywalker, Billy D. Williams looks great. Donald Glover looks great in Solo, but for me, the, that original kind of like blue and like kind of copper cape from uh, from Empire Strikes Back is still still the gold standard for me. Uh, yeah, he's great. He was on my list as well. Didn't make my final list, but I but easily could have. I love when you mentioned when he first shows up on that landing platform in Bespin, and like the way the the cape is in the wind. You know what I mean? Just like looks so great when he's out so on that bad. platform. And then when he's walking back inside, it just flows so well. And he's just, of course, he's all style. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's so great. Everything with Lando, his entire look, I mean, just with the stash too, and the hair and the voice, it just all works together. That's a, that's a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great pick. And so let me sort of s stick with, with Cloud City, if I may, for my next pick, because I'm going to bust out a little Lobot <gasps> as one of my favorite looks. <laughs> now, uh, granted, a lot of it is the wraparound computer super glued to a bald dude's head. Like literally, I think all the time about like, how did they attach this to the actor's head? Like, did they literally just put some crazy glue on there? Like, how did this work? How did it stay on? How heavy was it? That is a lot of the look. And Devin and I have talked about it. Like one of my favorite just seconds in star wars when he opens his eyes when like so know, good it's just amazing but but it's not just about the computer super glued to a bald dude's head check out the rest of the outfit all right look at those go ahead and pull it up wherever you are google lobot look at the look because he's got these long like very 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 puffy sleeves like it's almost <laughs> seinfeld-esque Dare I say, there's like a lot of beige and cream colors going on with a very large and aggressive black belt. It's just like, he's in like a, it's like, he's seriously like, basically like, I feel like Lando Calrissian went into like a space disco and just pointed at some guy on the dance floor and said, turn him into like an android. 
Like, and they drugged him and then they like, he was knocked out and they like, instead of stealing his kidney, they just attached a computer to his brain. Cause he literally looks like he walked out of a space version of studio 54 with those sleeves. I just love everything about Lobot. Oh, I love that you brought up Lobot. Have you heard my story about our colleague Christian Holub and Lobot? Have I told you this Tell before? Us. So when I started at Entertainment Weekly, like eight years ago, I was like bottom of the totem pole. I was an editorial assistant. And at the time, um, our intern was this guy named Christian Holub. And we were both working in the New York office, the old New York office, the original one. And I wrote some story. I had to write up something for the website. It was like a I think it was like a true detective parody video that was like Star Wars themed or something like that. Like, and I wrote it up, whatever. And I made some clever joke about Lobot. And the intern, Christian, comes up to my desk and is like, you know who Lobot is? And it was like, it was not meant in like a weird mansplaining way, but I was like, who is this kid? Like, what what does he mean? Do I know who Lobot is? Does, doesn't he know who I am? And so now like eight years later, we're best friends and we still work here together and all these things. But I still love to make fun of Christian Holub for assuming that I didn't know who Lobot was. Yeah. So, how dare he? Well, you, Christian has been a, a guest on the podcast. Uh, many times, and we'll have to have him for our Lobot deep dive when we do that. Yeah, so next point. time we have him on the podcast, we have to make fun of him once more for, you know, mansplaining Lobot yeah. to me. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I just love that. I just love that look, everything about it's him. It's so a dude good. that literally has zero lines in any Star Wars but film. There's so like. many good things on Cloud City, too. Like, I'm thinking of, like, Wilro Hood in, like, yes. his, like, orange jumpsuit and his mustache, like, carrying the ice cream machine. Yep. There's just so many, so many great, like, blink and you'll miss it moments in on, on Cloud City. So I totally support this. I think that's a great pick. Agree. All right. So far, we are in, in full agreement. And let's see if uh, the good times continue as Devin gives us her second pick for best Star Wars outfit. All right. So I think we're going to stay with Empire Strikes Back, mm. which again, incredible movie, yep. incredible movie. I, I don't think that's a, a, a hot take to say, um, but we're going to, we're going to leave Cloud City and we're going to go uh, to Hoth and we're going to talk about uh, Princess Leia's snowsuit mm. that she wears in Hoth, because this is, it's not the flashiest outfit in the, in the galaxy. It's not necessarily like the, the most iconic but I love this look. It's it's like an all white outfit with the boots and she's got like this white like puffy vest and her hair is incredible. It's like in this amazing like very like kind of almost like a like she's like a milkmaid or something kind of braid over her head. And I just was always obsessed with this look because this is where you see Princess Leia not just as a princess with the cinnamon buns but like when I think of General Leia, this is what I think of, where she's just like barking out orders and flirting with Han Solo and has this like incredible all white snowsuit look that I'm just, I was obsessed with it as a kid. And I just like, I loved it. And I wanted to look exactly like Carrie Fisher. And to me, I mean, obviously the space buns and the long white gown are iconic and there's, it's been turned into Pez dispensers and it's been, you know, parodied a thousand times over. But to me, I really, really love the Hoth outfit. And honestly, all of the the outfits on Hoth are great. Han Solo has this like giant blue puffy um, like parka that he wears. And Luke, when he goes out on the Tauntaun, has these like crazy little goggles, snow goggles. It's kind of like ski resort chic. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I think it's fantastic. I love all the Hoth outfits as well. And you, you mentioned with, with uh, Han with the hoodie and everything and everyone like they, they look great. It is interesting. You talk about how, because it is, you're right. This is the least iconic Leia outfit. Because you mentioned obviously the the white dress and the buns, but I mean, listen, I, I didn't want to talk about anything too porny, like I mentioned. But the slave girl Leia is True. an iconic outfit. I when I was at a celebration last year, I mean, the amount of that was that was the most represented Leia outfit. I mean, by oh, yeah. far, by men and women, everyone, every shape, size, color, creed, you name it, all had slave girl Leia outfits on. Um, and so the, you have those two super iconic you know, looks from, from those two movies. And it's kind of interesting that empire, which is generally considered the best star Wars movie has the least iconic sort of Leia look, but it is great. I love it too. It's a, it's a, it's listen, it's a great uh, mesh of form and functionality and fashion, right? She's looking good, but she's staying warm. Uh, she's got a lot of layers on it's Hoth uh, and she's looking good doing it. It's great. It's one of it's one of my favorites. I I love it a lot. But again, I feel I felt like we needed a little bit of Leia representation on this list. Um, and this is this is one of my favorites. I also love the um, her like the, when she 
the the Endor look that she has. Not the one where she like takes her hair down and it's like crazy long and she's with the Ewoks, but the one where she's like on the speeder bike with um with Luke and like the poncho. Just great ponchos all around in the Star Wars universe. So many good ponchos. How do you feel? I'm gonna say something a little controversial. I don't love her Cloud City look. Like it's not like bad. I don't look at it, but like you think about like, okay, we're actually going to get to really Gus Leia, Gus her up here, right? Like, like she's out of the snow. She's not like being like about to be injected by an interrogation droid with like full of like from a scary needle, right? And she's this is going to be high fashion. It's going to be kind of like what we're doing with Mon Mothma and Andor, right? We get to give her like a great look, all dressed to the nines before like her boyfriend gets tortured by Darth Vader. And it's like, it's okay right like you listen i'm not i'm not a woman i don't know but like i don't know anything about fashion but like you tell me but does this knock you out because it doesn't really do a whole lot for me i think it's okay um i mostly what sticks out to me when i think of this is like her hair it's like kind of it's like a combination of like braids but they're kind of like done like the space buns so they kind of hang on either side of her um and she wears this like long it's like almost a dress almost a pantsuit kind of look um, I think it's cool, but I just don't think it's quite as memorable for me as some of her other looks. Um, it kind of feels like Lando was like, you know, here, here's a, here's a something that somebody left at, at Cloud City here. Borrow this. <laughs> it doesn't seem to me like something Leia would have necessarily picked. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's fine. I think it's, I think it's solid. I think her hair is great. I think, you know, I love a vest moment. Um, I love that there's a little bit of color. It's like red. Um, but I, I just think it's okay. It's not my, yeah. it's not my it, favorite. It's just okay. I just think a little bit of a missed opportunity, a little bit of a, a missed opportunity for another iconic yeah. look. That's all I think so. Yeah. Uh, all right. We are going to get to now my final amazing Star Wars look. I had 3.5 picks here to go. I had it <laughs> complete. So this is it for me. And it is a very recent one. A very recent. Devin, it is the Andor Prison Factory uniforms. Ooh. I, listen, here's something you need to know about me. I am a sucker for anything orange. Like I have two <laughs> different pairs of like creamsicle vans, the shoes. Like I've got like, I just, it's my favorite color. I love it. And I love everything about it. So the Andor Prison Factory uniforms, um, we're going Kino Loy style. It's like they're white and orange. It's kind of, they're all white with these random orange streaks and blocks. There's lots of like orange dots and dashes all the way down the left side of the sleeve and leg, but then not on the right side. It's very THX, you know, 1138 looking, which is, you know, Lucas's original short film and first film with Robert Duvall. I love that it's a really easy Halloween costume, right? Or if you want, or cosplay. Like it yeah. literally you can just buy it probably for like 40 bucks, like, and put it on. You're good. You don't need shoes. In fact, you're not allowed to have shoes with this outfit. And you know what? Just Devin, never underestimate comfort. That's basically my motto in life. And this outfit looks v extremely comfortable to me. Right. Nothing about being uh, in prison on Narkina 5 is comfortable, but at least the outfits are 10 out of 10. <laughs> Yeah. No, I this is a great pick. I think this is I think this is a great pick. I love that you talked about the use of orange and that's something we've kind of always seen throughout the Star Wars uh universe. One of the things that I considered putting on my list is I love the X-Wing flight suits, the orange with like the white and the the incredible helmets. Yes. Um another great example of orange. That was something that almost made my list. But no, the, I love the the jumpsuits and I think they're really effective like in a large group. Um, you know, and, and I think, I think that's great. I mean, you were at Star Wars Celebration this year. You heard about all the people running through the convention center, all dressed in these jumpsuits, yelling one way out. Mm. Um, when I spoke to Diego Luna after he got nominated for an Emmy, you know, a couple of weeks ago, that was one of the things he talked about. He was like, how crazy is it that, you know, people are, are still, you know, cosplaying that and, and talking about it. So I think this is a great pick. I totally support it. All right. Well, thank you. I I, uh, I love it. Maybe there'll be a future Halloween costume in my. Uh, we'll see in twenty twenty three or later. But um, yeah, given a little Andor love, my my one small screen pick that I uh, that I went with there, Devin. All right, Devin, you've got your last pick. What'd you go with? Well, we cannot talk about the best fashion in the Star Wars galaxy without talking about the Queen 
of all fashion mm-hmm. in the Star Wars galaxy. Um, there's a famous quote where, where Carrie Fisher talks about how, you know, when she filmed the original Star Wars, she just got like one dress the whole time. I mean, she gets to change a little bit at the end, but mostly she was like, she got one hairstyle and one dress. And then her mom comes along in the, in the prequels and is changing outfits like every 10 minutes. She gets a new fabulous outfit and makeup and hair and all of those things. So we got to talk about Padme and we got to talk about Queen Amidala because the fashion on Naboo is absolutely unreal. We all have our issues with the with the prequel trilogy, but I think there is all Star Wars fans can agree that the the, the Padme fashion in the prequels is just off the charts. So there are so many good looks that I thought about including on this list. Obviously, there's the iconic kind of like red and gold one with the white makeup and like the red lips. Um, there's a really great uh, kind of like golden dress that she wears on Naboo when she's like frolicking in the metal meadow with Anakin. And she's got like these hair nets on the side of her head. That's kind of a little bit Leia space buns energy. Um, I really don't like the white outfit that she wears to the arena in attack of the clones because then she gets attacked by that monster. And it just like, it like rips her clothes, but just like in a tasteful crop top and the, but there's like no blood. And so like the white stays pristine and it's one of the stupidest movie going experiences I've ever, I've ever had, but it's ridiculous anyway. But the one I had to pick was, um, from attack of the clones, um, when she's lakeside on Naboo. And I think it's actually when Anakin is giving his sand monologue, but she is wearing this incredible, it's like this halter dress that's like goes from gold to pink to purple ombre at the bottom. Her hair looks absolutely incredible. Like everything about this look is you're just like, ah, yes, that is a senator. That is a queen. That is, you know, she, you can understand why Anakin falls in love with her because she looks incredible. So I, and it's, it's a dress that you see cosplayed a lot. It's an incredible, incredible gown, but that is a, that is a dress I would like to wear someday. Like I would wear that as a wedding dress because it is just so beautiful. So yeah, yeah, you, you do see it cosplayed all the time. You're right. And it's interesting because we had this discussion recently, Devin, I remember where we, we were talking about the Padme versus Leia fashion of it all. And even though Leia has the two most iconic looks, with the the slave outfit and then the uh, the first you know movie outfit obviously with the white, but that Padme more consistently with all of her looks probably has the better sort of fashion um, all together. So I, I I get it. It's funny because if I were gonna pick a Padme look, I I I definitely wouldn't say yours is wrong by any means. I probably would have picked the first one you mentioned the uh, the red and gold with the white lips just because I remember seeing that in the first that first Phantom Menace trailer. And it was so striking. This is by the way, when we thought Phantom Menace was gonna be awesome. Okay. Like we <laughs> thought this movie was just going to be so incredible. Cause we saw two things that looked badass. We saw Darth Maul with those doors opening and like the, the horns and the tattooed skin. It was like, Oh my God, that guy looks badass. And we saw, you know, uh, Amidala and, and that was a really cool look as well. I was like, Oh my God. And so that just always stuck in my brain. That look just from that trailer. Um, so I probably would have picked that one, but it doesn't mean you made the wrong, wrong choice. And I'm glad we I got mean, a Padme on the list. It's so Star Wars and the white makeup is incredible. Yeah. And like the, the red line on the white lips is, is just like absolutely stunning. And the crazy, like it's a headdress, but it's also How heavy. Hair. Is that thing? I know. Oh my God. It's unreal. Like I cannot imagine, like if, if I was going to cosplay, like you better, I put like one of those fans like in under the dress just to keep you cool because it would just be like wearing a i don't know like a snowsuit um but she looks incredible and and she has so many good looks another one i really love is when also in attack of the clones when like they're uh when anakin is like protecting her and zam wessel is like trying to you know send the evil bugs to kill her and she's like sleeping in this nightgown it's like it's insane it's like this purple silk thing with like beautiful pearl like straps and stuff and her hair is just like she's got like a full face of makeup makeup. and and it's like yeah that's how people sleep normally 100p 100% yep that's how they do it uh listen I love your picks they're great um anything that like just missed your list anyone else you consider but didn't make i had ray just missing my list i just you know i'm a ray stan but i just like ray when we first met ray in force awakens i loved her her outfit um there and i just thought like it was you know hints of luke skywalker obviously a lot of inspiration for luke skywalker but also a nice twist I love the Ray outfit. And that was something I know like Daisy Ridley and JJ Abrams talked about was they wanted to create a look for Ray that would be like easy for people to cosplay and easy for like little kids to dress up as on Halloween, with, like the hair and like 
you just like wrap some, you know, like kind of beige fabric. And it's, it's, it's a really awesome, but really powerful look. I love that one. I thought about, I love when Luke Skywalker shows up, um, in Return of the Jedi in his all black outfit yes. with the, with the boots. I always just think of that, um, Devil Wears Prada meme where, Emily Blunt is talking to Anne Hathaway and she's like, are you wearing the, and Anne Hathaway goes, the Chanel boots. Yeah, I am. I always just think of (laughs) Luke Skywalker being like, yeah, I'm wearing the Chanel boots. Um, It's incredible. I love the all black with the green lightsaber. It's great. Um, I also talked about, thought about including Captain Phasma, you know, a character who gets very, very little to do, but looks incredible. We love the shiny Chrome stormtrooper armor. Love the Cape. Again, we love, we love a Cape. Um, but and then the other one I talked about was I love Vader. I think Vader is one of the greatest costume designs of all time. I think the helmet, I think the cape, I think the buttons and the breathing apparatus, like everything about it is is fantastic. It was a little bit of kind of an obvious choice, so I excluded it from this list, but you can't go wrong. And look, I'm I'm a sucker for a cape. If there's one thing most of these have in common, it's a, it's a great cape. So yeah, we we are suckers for capes. I think those are all all solid picks. I don't know how I feel about Phasma, but everyone else is is good. the The only other one that we haven't mentioned that uh, that kind of just missed my list was this dude. I think his name is Benthic. He's basically like Saw Guerrero's like right hand man, Devin. Oh, you know, yeah, he's got that yeah. mask on. He's got like that mask with the tubes on it. Like he's just a weird kind of cool looking dude. Unfortunately, that's in like the worst part of that movie, uh, but, but, but he's kind of cool looking, um, you know, living out there in the, in the, the desert and stuff and in the, in the, in the mountains. But like, I just thought he was always kind of a cool looking guy. That is a good one. There's just so many like people in the star Wars universe where you're just like, that's a cool dude. I don't yep. know what his deal is, but he's, he just looks cool. Yeah, totally. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, all right. Well, listen, good. Like, I guess you you can vote at Spotify. Uh, Sammy's going to put up a poll with some of these options and you can vote on who is, uh, who has the, does have the coolest outfit in all of star Wars, uh, history. Uh, speaking of great outfits, uh, judging by what I saw in the teaser, they showed at star Wars celebration. We are going to see some pretty cool out- outfits on the acolyte. And we had a chance before the actor strike to sit down with three of the folks who will be wearing those outfits. Acolyte stars, Manny Jacinto, Daphne Keen, and Charlie Barnett stopped by the show, and we've got that conversation for you coming up right after this quick break. We'll start with an easy one. What's it like to be part of the Star Wars galaxy? Tell me which, what that's like. <sighs> Who wants to start that? Look, look at your colleagues. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know, it's, it's uh, all the feelings from excitement. I mean, we've talked about this. There's a lot of um, fear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. In it, but if, it, if we didn't feel that fear, I don't think it'd be worth it. True. So it's, it's a good thing mm-hmm. to feel. Yeah. Um, and, you know, fear can be invigorating, exciting. Yeah. As, as much as it can be scary mm-hmm. to rise to the fandom, rise to the stories, rise to the generational Absolutely. like history of this yeah. Star Wars Galaxy. It's daunting for sure. Yeah, but that can be, uh, you know, it asks more of yeah. ourselves as individuals, and that's real fun to yeah. to come into. Yeah, it gives you that adrenaline in a way. Yeah, well, so fun. <laughs> well, this is a, this is a trickier one, but what can you each say about your characters? We've seen the trailer. Nothing. Uh, We're so leaving now. We've got we some got some hints and teases. <laughs> what can you say? I can say I'm an alien. I can Posh. say I'm a Jedi. A Jedi knight. We can both say we're Jedis. Yeah. We're Jedis. I can say I'm a guy. <laughs> I'm a I can say I'm He's Manny Jacinto, our... guys. What else yeah. do you want to know? Mutually, though, all of our hair is pretty on fleek. Yes. Do you use that word in, in England? <laughs> it is, it is on fleek, fleek, yo. We got hair. some good She's hair. She's got like a I baby Bowie situation going oh, on. Yeah. Manny's got the money. natural look that actually is like, you yeah. know. Fierce and ferocious. Manny's um, got the wet look going on. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Slick. I got something real cool. You can't can't really talk about what. That's it not is. fair. You just gave away our hairstyles, and he's like, "Oh, I'm being all well behaved. I'm not going to say anything yeah, about me." I'm not bad. <laughs> One thing I've noticed that this has to be the most diverse cast of any Star Wars project ever. Mm. Is that something you guys noticed or talked about at all on set? Yeah, I think that was definitely a conversation we've had on set. It's really refreshing to walk onto a set as diverse as this one in every sense it's like 
it's such a from around all the world like we've all come from different corners of the world and we've all just like kind of joined in reading to do this <laughs> which is kind of funny um it's really great to get so many different people from different backgrounds yeah and to get to like create this thing together and to get to yeah just play yeah, it's been just, really fun yeah it makes it really really interesting i mean just like watching jj yeah. work and when you JJ guys do in a different language yeah yeah that's impressive like every impressive. day on set with jj i'm just like how like yeah he, he didn't speak english when he started this job and he's like learn english and like it's just insane the, the amount of work that that man still puts taps in. into the and still resonance. manages to like easily like yeah. the way he gets notes where you're like you he, there's no way he understood what they just said to him and then he does it and you're like just like on the verge of tears you're like wow how did he just get that mm-hmm. like not even speaking the language like it's insane I don't think I could have ever imagined myself as a Jedi. Yes, once because it, I was not reflected for so many times throughout these films in the, in the past. Mm. Um, but it was just also something that mm. it didn't didn't equate in my mind. I don't know about for you guys as well. So to see yeah. such a diverse group played yeah. out now, honestly, I know that it's going to be a healthy reflection on so many other young people and old people <laughs> i mean no you know yeah. no ageism allowed in this it's star wars we can all fit yeah um it's it's i think it's going to be a really definitely impactful it's going to be a cool moment for me for sure i can tell you that yeah i think for, it's it's fun to think that like all the like kids out there who will see themselves like reflected in us mm-hmm. which is something that for I the first time yeah exactly yeah, yeah. i mean if yeah if, if i'm being candid you know, you don't really... This is the first time you're getting to see an Asian Jedi, you know, in JJ. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, you know, a, a pretty big responsibility, but he... Especially coming from what George pulled from on making the movies, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's an important yeah. reflection, right? Yeah, absolutely. His inspirations. Um, yeah. Now just getting to see him and yeah. getting to see him inspire a new generation of Asian kids to, like, take up the lightsaber. Yeah. Pretty incredible, and even mm-hmm. just like the way that the stunts have been coordinated, they come from such an Asian background. All of the fight training that we've gone through is so it is so heavily like influenced by samurai and by all of those martial arts and stuff that it's it is just perfect to have JJ like embody like embodying that. Mm. Yeah, let's let's talk about the fight training. I mean, I know there's a martial arts influence. I know I'm thinking in my head Ray Park and Phantom Menace and just I love yes. that, that yes. fight. it's my favorite fight sequence yes, in the yes, stories yes, movie yes, ever yes. tell me what it was like for you guys and what we're going to see uh, what can we tell you that's another oh one man. That don't, don't tread, tread lightly if you we can love that sequence with Qui-Gon you're going to love this um, and Obi-Wan and Darth Maul yeah I think you're going to enjoy this show mm. yeah. I will say too not to shade uh I th- we have a lot more tangible, mm. Um, mm. physical moves than I saw in that fight, too, as badass as it is. There's a lot more grounded work that goes into our stunt training mm. and our stunt um, yeah. performances. We have an awesome stunt team, too, that are awesome. doing so much without cables, uh, without CGI, without um, a lot of effects. And it makes it... Uh, it makes the fight seem so much more visceral, <laughs> yeah. truly. I mean, I know this, I've been hit yeah. in the head a couple of times. I know you've been hit in the head a couple of times. I know, a bunch of yeah, times, yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, that will be reflected. Also, I think there's, like, this element of... Um, there's a lack of guns, which I personally, as someone who loves, like, fighting and stunts and stuff, I love because it just it gives you that body-to-body, uh, that choreography, that kind of, like, dance feeling of like it actually looks like a real fight as opposed to just I point and I shoot which is kind of like an easy cop out in a way we get a lot of that like body to body we have a lot of the sabers and they've like the way Chris Cowan and Mark Genther and Darren Knopp and all of these wonderful wonderful stunts we have have choreographed it is in such a beautiful way it's that it's like visually stunning like we watched some stuff the other day and it was just gorgeous and then we have a bunch of fights as well where there are no sabers, where it's just, like, hmm. full-on, like... Yeah, I can't say much, but it's it's also really fun that it does look really just, like, gritty and real, and it feels like a, like a fight. We're talking about action. Do you guys know if you're getting your own action figures? I mean, that's what I want to know if I were in a Star Wars. <laughs> I would I, love to. I would love to. 
I know my mom wants me to. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> the guy. Know. Like what? What is? Yeah. It's just a, a homeboy. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to out here having a good just time. Just trying to survive. Yeah. There's gonna be a country song written about me and his character. It's gonna be great. <laughs> country song. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just, I'm just wondering if I get any. Uh, <laughs> Any residuals if, if I were a toy? That's, that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> Disney has a contract for that. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry about it, yeah. money. You know, just talk about it on camera. Sky. <laughs> all, all Star Wars shows have like a common DNA, but they also have their own individual style. I mean, Andor is very different from Obi-Wan and everyone. Mm-hmm. So how, how, what makes this show unique? What's different about this show from the other ones? Ooh. I feel like it's very different. It's very new. It's very modern. It's like you said, it's very diverse. It feels... It has a lot of young energy and older energy, which I really love, because you have that. I don't know, it just it feels really fresh. I've said this a million times, Manny's going to laugh at me. It's very camp. <laughs> it's, it feels really human to me. I've said this a billion times, but it feels like a very human kind of emotional story wrapped up in like this epic thriller, which is what drew me to the project, was kind of like how human it felt to me, how real it felt. Yeah, I mean, uh, like if you compare the only like if you compare it to like Andor, it's Andor is very a mature yeah. type of vibe and frequency, mm-hmm. and I don't know if little kids got a lot of. I mean, I'm sure they did, but like, I think I don't, maybe I'm just biased, but I think with our show, you can really enjoy it with the, the, your whole family yeah. and really understand everything and and really just be entertained. I think that's the biggest thing with our show. There's a high entertainment value. I yeah. truly think too. This is a response to the fans and what they've been what they want, what they've been yeah. calling for mm. throughout all the shows, which have been incredible and layering outside of all the realms that we know from yeah. Star Wars for so many years. But I, even as a fan, have been asking for more aliens, more Jedi, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. more tangible worlds, more built, yeah, um, less green screen, yeah, yeah, yeah less yeah, yeah. green screening, all this kind of stuff. And I think our show was, I mean, just knowing Leslie too, being a playwright, yeah. being based around structure. She wanted to build all of that into one production and give it to the fans as a thank you. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, and you the know, f- I think it's a lot to live up to. I hope that we can. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff that we watched felt very much like the original trilogy, yeah. which I love. Mm. Which is, I don't know, it has yeah. like that kind of like. So you see like little feel. strings on some of the ships, basically, because <laughs> yeah. we ran out of money. Uh, we, did, um, we did run out of money. Yeah, we ran out. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're out. We <laughs> we're spent it on going. Manny's guy. <laughs> yeah. Manny was just being really fussy about the toys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing before I let you go, I remember you and McGregor telling me that he sometimes will pretend he has the force to like when he's grocery shopping to open an automatic door. Do you guys yes. ever try and use the force in your real life? I'm using it right now. Yeah. You, you're literally floating and you don't know it. <laughs> yeah, uh, he no. does know it. That's why he's up there. <laughs> Hi. Eyeline turn. Yeah. Sure. Um... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, all the time. Dude. I went yeah. lie to you. A bottle rolled off my table yesterday, and I was like, <laughs> "I went to Ireland this past weekend, and they had automatic doors in the hotel, and me and my husband would walk through like, them and open them up. <laughs> yeah, all the time. Come on. Yes. Okay. Yes, we are children. Yeah. Yeah. What are you gonna do about it? <laughs> Sue me. <laughs> you can use the force at any point in time. You can. That's the best yeah. part about the force. That is Anyone cool. can tap in. Even Manny as a as a Thanks, guys. only guy in the Thanks, galaxy guys. wandering Appreciate about. Appreciate it. Sorry that sorry that our world has come such you know forcefully into yours. It's all good. Impacted it deeply. Here for the ride. I, I'm just glad I'm not the only one doing it. So anyway, yeah. the trailer looks awesome. I can't Thank I can't wait so to see much. it, guys. Thanks, Thanks so much. I Appreciate the time. It was awesome. Thank you. Thank, Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. Thanks to Manny, Jacinto, Daphne Keen, and Charlie Barnett for hanging out with us this week, and thank you for doing the same. If you have just 30 seconds, please follow and rate and review the podcast. Do all those things that, uh, you know, are super annoying that we ask you to do at the end of each week. But we really do appreciate it. And we'll even give you a shout out right here on the pod if you do it. Uh, You can connect with us on social media by following Entertainment Weekly on all socials. It's at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag and follow us directly using at Dalton Ross and at Devin Conan. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll do it all over again next week. This episode of Dagobah Dispatch Podcast is hosted and produced by Dalton Ross and Devin Kogan. Produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Executive produced by Chanel Johnson. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening and may the force be with you.